You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for July 26, 2020, the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. It's based on Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 27. I'd like to read to you from the letter of St. Paul a piece of scripture which I believe is the most underrated piece of scripture uh, in the Bible and that it contains within it a pearl of great treasure, (laughs) a great nugget for all of our spiritual lives, a nugget that we all need now. St. Paul writes in Romans 8, 26 and 27, the Spirit helps us in our weakness For we do not know how to pray as we ought, ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart and knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. It is that mystical and evocative phrase that the Spirit of God intercedes with us with sighs too deep for words intercedes with sighs too deep for words. That beautiful phrase can also be uh, translated as inarticulate groans too deep for words. And so I just want to take a moment here and I want to say a little bit about sighing that has no words and be articulate about inarticulate groans here because with sighing and with inarticulate groans we find a spirituality that we all need. To deeply understand this, as Paul is trying to convey to us, we get some sense about what is happening at the very deepest level of our being, right? It helps to make us conscious about what is in our subconscious, and it helps us to understand how our our mind-body, which is in this world, uh, relates to our soul being which is in God, in this world and in God, and how that's all wrapped together. To my mind, there is no doubt that there is a whole lot of sighing going on in the world, and there's a whole lot of inarticulate groaning going on in the world. I mean, sometimes I ask people how they are, and they just go, ah. Sometimes I don't ask them anything, and they just see me, and they go, ah right? They are sighing because there's a whole lot to sigh about. I mean, our world is frizzled and frazzled. Uh, It is polarized and politicized, and it is plagued. Uh, It is worried and warring, and there is an uncertain unsettledness about it that is there for everybody, and we're all affected by this. I mean, we're like fish in the water. Fish do not get to exist outside of the temperature in the type of water that we're in. And this is the temperature in the type of water that we're in. And then we, of course, lay upon that all that we bring to the drama, right? All that psychic stuff within us that may well include fatigue and fears and frustrations and sorrows and stresses and tensions, a kind of anxious uncertainty, unsettledness, a a sense that we're doing the right thing with social distancing, but we're a little bit too far apart for what is really in our heart. And uh, we're also thankful and blessed and just loving summer Sundays and summer days, and, and yet we are tired and weary and fatigued, and, 
And on it goes, right? I mean, who can describe and explain all this? But all of that stuff and all the stuff I haven't even touched gets mixed into us in a kind of psychic soul soup. That, that thing that is down within us and spins around. And when that thing gets really going, I mean, it sets off our sympathetic nervous system, which is an involuntary and automatic reaction that we have in our bodies in response to stressful situations. And this system sets off in our bodies adrenaline and, and cortisol and our heart rate goes up, our breathing rate goes up, our blood pressure goes up, we get energy into our muscles and we get that kind of fight or flight. I mean, I gotta get out of here or man, I'm gonna take this on. I, but the problem is, <laughs> there's nobody to take on, right? There's nobody to run away with. You can't, you can't live in another world and you, you can't get out of your own psyche. So what do we do? We just live with it, right? But what do we do when we live with it? We hold our breath. That's what we do. We kind of hold our breath in this subconscious, unconscious, deep level, this way down deepness. And so the result of all this is that we find ourselves with this, this psychic soup that, that we have a hard time describing with, and sometimes just plain old sighing and groaning can say more than words could ever say, right? You can go anywhere in the world and sigh and groan and they know what you mean. And sighing and groaning has almost its own nuanced language about it, depending on how you sigh, ah, ah, you know, or, or you know, the way you inarticulately groan when you see somebody. Here I'm reminded of Van Morrison's album and his split up two songs on that album, uh, Inarticulate Speech of the Heart. And we have all of this inarticulate speech of the heart, and so we sigh. And sighing, of course, is a, a deep and long and audible exhalation of breathing outness that has vibration and sometimes it's involuntary and sometimes it's voluntary but but what it is is a response to our holding our breath that's what we're doing we're holding our breath it lets the air out it it gives us a profound inner release where both our muscles and our mind let go for a moment I, I, it's incredible the benefits of sighing and inarticulate groaning are incredible. They really are. This groaning, this sighing helps us to cope. It reboots us, actually, as we let go. It lowers our blood pressure and our heart rate and all of that physiological stuff that has us on. It pulls that back and it helps our pulmonary and our respiratory systems. It is the ultimate of ultimate cleansing breaths. And you know, it's too bad that sighing and inarticulate groaning has a bad reputation. I mean, did anyone ever say to you, man, you are so good at sighing. Wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to teach my children to groan, you know. Ah, you know. This is something that we need to embrace. Because I'm just saying that scientists and theologians do agree that there's a whole lot more sighing and inarticulate groaning on than perhaps we think about and know about. 
Research shows that we actually sigh something like 12 times an hour, and we do it because if we don't do it, the, the avili, the little air sacs in our lungs might collapse. We, we need, to, we need to, to blow them up and let them all out. And of course, St. Paul in his, his uh, huge uh, uh, beyond, beyond letter to the Romans tells us that the whole world the whole creation groans. It groans like the pains of childbirth. And uh, that has been going on really since the fall. And then he also goes on to say in that next verse that all of us, all people, that we groan inwardly. Now, I love that we're groaning inwardly because we usually think of groaning as an outward exhalation. This is inward groaning. This is groaning toward God, and that groan is as we await for the expectation of the fullness of the eschaton, for, for, the, for God's whole, complete, deep breath for the whole of creation. And then in the very next verse, we hear what was part of our readings today, what I read, was that the Holy Spirit is interceding and indwelling us with sighs and inarticulate groans too deep for words. In other words, we're all groaning from God all the way down to the earth, right? And that St. Paul tells us, if we read the Greek really closely, that these groans within us, these groans of the Spirit are not only the voice of the Holy Spirit, but they are, in fact, the language of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you might say to me, but wait a minute, what about all those letters where Paul is talking about speaking in tongues, talking about glossolalia? Is that not inspired by the Holy Spirit? And I say, absolutely, it is. But Paul would say that inspired by the Holy Spirit, that glossolalia is really the language of the angels in heaven but it is not the language of, of the Holy Spirit, the language of God the Spirit. You see, groaning, inarticulate groaning, sighing, is a primal godly language that connects us all together, the whole, the whole thing. And the most godly language is not the highfalutin language of the King James version of the Bible, but rather it is this primal, lowly, guttural vibration of inarticulate groans, right? So ironically, it is inarticulate speech of the heart that is the godly language that we all understand, right? This is the speech that unifies us all across borders, across time, from, from uh, the created earth through human beings all the way up into God the Spirit. And it says that this sighing and this groaning is too deep for words. It's too deep for words. Remember, words work on the level of our consciousness, right? We're, 
you're listening to me, you're processing this all up here. But there's so much more going on inside of you and me and all of us than meets our consciousness, than meets our words. There is a primal subconscious within us that is way down there. I mean, we're all like icebergs. Our consciousness that we see and show the world is just the top of the iceberg. But there's that whole portion of our being in God that is down there. And when we sigh and when we articulately groan, we are tapping in all the way down into that deep stuff, that soul stuff, that primal stuff. In fact, the word for groan that is used uh, is the, the, the root of that is the gut, right? It is the gut. It is the guttural stuff. And in fact, the words for groan for creation and the word for groaning for people and the word for groaning for God have that same root, but they're nuanced and different. But they're all the same thing, right? So we're not the same thing as the creation. We're not the same thing uh, as God. But we are all speaking the same gut. We're all speaking that same guttural language. The high and the mighty, it's incredible doesn't meet us all up there. The high and the mighty meets us in the gut. And what is that indwelling spirit doing within us, right? But it is like that sympathetic nervous system, right? It's a sympathetic spiritual system that's in us, and it kicks into gear because we live in a fallen world. We live in a very messy place, right? We live in a place where there is no perfection, where we are always going to be off balance, adjusting, contending, uh, joyous, and yet working through sorrows. I mean, it's all mixed together, and it has been that way since the fall. But it does not mean that the Spirit does not have compassion for us at the deepest levels of our being. The Spirit has compassion for the stuff of our life up here and the stuff of our life down here. It is in our weakness, right? Not in the stuff that we get, right? It's, it's in our weakness that the Spirit meets us because it knows that we do not know how to pray. We do not know how to stay aligned and connected with God. We do not know how to cope on our own. And if we're not careful, our coping will lose our hoping, right? And so what does the Spirit do? But it sighs for us. Just like we naturally and involuntarily sigh 12 times an hour, that spiritual sigh goes on within us all the time praying for us, keeping us in union and communion with our Lord. And what does it do? But it discerns our deepest needs, the way down deepness of the ah, and it communicates them directly to God, right? To God the Father, if we were to read that really closely. And what is that spirit but the spirit of Christ? So we have the whole of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, wrapped in a communication about your and my deepest needs, our weakness, our imbalance, right? God does not meet us in the rapture. Don't hang out waiting for the rapture. Do not meet God in some ideation that God's going to take you to, the, to union and communion in the heavens. It's not happening. 
Meet God in the mud of your life, way down in the deep, because that's where God searches our hearts. And it's not cortisol and adrenaline that the Spirit releases, but grace and the beatitude to know that no matter what, no matter what is happening in your life, you are not separated from the love of God in Christ. That is the psychic, existential, deep breath ah, that we are all to take that allows us to relax so we do not need to be in fight and flight all the time. We can be instruments of God's grace, instruments of God's peace, because we are at peace and at grace by the beatitude of God, given to us in the deep breath of understanding that God is sighing within us. So I want you to think about something so that when you sigh and when you have an inarticulate groan which releases everything in your life, go one step deeper and think of it as a prayer. And not just a prayer, but a prayer in the native tongue of the Holy Spirit. And it is that that aligns us with, the, the, with God, with the divine, with all of creation. It is that that sets us free. And that is the will of God for us, right? The will of God is not an iron thing trying to drive us. The will of God is to be a, the glory of God as a human being fully alive. It's to set us free to be fully alive. Now, so many of you know if you uh, go to yoga class uh, or you do Tai Chi or if you go to a meditation group, your group might start with a kind of ah and not an om, right? So uh, sometimes in yoga class, if you do something a particular stressful as you go through many different positions, the yogi will always return you to downward dog and tell you to take a deep breath in and then to sigh it all out, to let that energy go, to rebalance and to reboot you. And so on this Sunday morning in the church where you are as yourself or two or three gathered together, I would like you to to do something for me. I'd like you to pray it all out, not just side all. So let's, let's all take a moment and let's practice what I have preached. Let's align ourselves with the Spirit of God and with one another and with all creation. Now, I'm going to do something, and you may think this is crazy and you won't do it, but I tell you, if you're feeling wild, I would go for it. And if you're not feeling wild now, I'd wait till everybody left where you are and feel wild later and go for what I'm about to suggest, okay? So I want you to begin by imagining with your spiritual imagination what it is like to hear and to listen to the Holy Spirit sighing deeply within you. Just what is that sound? Do you have any sense of what it might sound like? What is that inarticulate groan of God like? And now what I'd like you to do is to take a deep breath in, and I'd like you to sigh it out. And remember that sighing is a deep and long and audible exhalation. And see if you can feel the vibration in your chest and around your heart and all the way down through your, you know, from your voice box all the way down through your thorax. And again, take another deep breath and just let it all out.
And again, take another deep breath and see if you can release everything within you. That's your goal. Release it all before God. That's what the Lord is asking you to do. Let it go. Sigh it out. One more. And again. Lord, may these inarticulate groans that are too deep for words and that have been sighed out, may they be a blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.